reason to be here today, especially if uh, this happens to be your first time. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I am Shannon Patterson. I get to be the lead pastor here at the Porch Community Church, and I'm just really glad to see you. I want to say a special hello to those that join us online, and uh, especially, uh, I heard, of, you know, last week I joked about a satellite campus in Athens, because a lot of people are up there all the time, um, but I want to say hey to Jake and Claire and Sarah and Gracie, who join us every week up there in Athens. Uh, online and say hey to you guys and and glad that you're with us um but so listen i want to tell you a couple things before we jump into the the message for today and um excuse me that's my bad i'm fixing my my hair um a couple of things really exciting you've learned that if the light's on in there that something's happening later so today is our 10th week of being a church and we are celebrating our sixth baptism this morning at the end of the service so we're really excited about that Good job. Slow clap. Thank you, Will. A couple other things I want to just tell you about if you didn't already know, but we've had two weeks of our Porch Kids Ministry. It meets on Wednesdays from 4.30 to 7.30. It's a great time. Uh, Kindergarten through fifth grade, we meet, we have fun, we eat dinner. Um, I've enjoyed getting to know the kids a lot better as I help on Wednesday nights too. And it's just been really fun. So if you have an elementary age kid or you know someone with an elementary age kid, let them know about um, our porch kids on Wednesday nights. Of course, we still have porch kids on Sunday morning too, but it's just been a really great time together. And then if you, now, God bless you. And God bless you all. Hey, um, if you're ever like driving around on Sunday night and you're bored um, and you're not watching football or home asleep, um, I encourage you to swing by here because this place is, it's like vibrating on Sunday night from 6 to 8 o'clock because we have about 150, 160 students in here uh, on Sunday nights, the 6th through 12th grade. They start in here, they have a time of worship time of some like calisthenic dancing going on I don't know like working up a sweat getting a nice and steamy in here Um, but then like our middle school group they break off it's called salt and they go to the kids building and then we have stir for our ninth through 12th grade and they have a time of teaching and being together and then even in those groups they break up into smaller times and have like little community time and so it's an incredible time it's just been it's been really cool and when you talk about having a baptism we're celebrating what God's doing in our student ministry and our porch kids ministry because so far it's been our porch kids and our stir and salt uh, students who have been like hey I have decided to follow Jesus and I want to be baptized and so we're celebrating another high school student who said yes to Jesus said yes on disciple now weekend and and they want to be baptized today so we've just God's really working God's really moving on top of that I want to mention this is really cool to me we launched 16 community groups last week so I am very excited about that 16 community groups that started out last week I think we've got one just almost every day of the week except for like Friday and Saturday Um, but this is just phenomenal to me that we're doing all this because God's moving people are wanting to connect people are growing in 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 Christ and and we want to continue to do this so is this are these not exciting things folks for us to to be excited about and and so with that see I got you to clap first before I tell you this next part (laughs) with that folks we have as a church especially if you're one of the 357 people who have partnered in ministry with us we have you you committed you made a promise we have a responsibility to support the ministries of the church financially 
Not, we want to pray, we want to be there, we want to help, we want to volunteer, but we want to be a part of this. And so I just encourage you that, you know, after we've, we went through our GROW initiative, when we've got, you know, set up and we're kind of rolling now and the building's done and we've had our disciple now and we're kind of, we're starting to find out what, what normal's going to be like for us. Um, we want to make sure that we're being faithful to this. And, um, you know, Drew and I, what we do is the beginning of the month, we, we have it set up through our bank online, and we give every month, whether we're here or not, I'm usually here. Um, but even so, like, it's just one of those things that we are faithful and we're committed to doing. And so if you haven't done that already, if you're not doing that regularly and faithfully, and you're a partner in ministry, I, I want you to go home, I want you to talk about it, I want you to pray about it, and then decide how you're going to be uh, supporting the ministries of the church because we want to keep impacting our community. We want to follow Jesus for our community. And so we need all of us to, to kind of be in on this. So um, so we are in this series called Community. Uh, kind of funny story. I won't say names because I, I didn't ask permission. But so my husband leads the middle school group. And so what they do as a community, they've kind of, be, the leaders of the middle school group, they meet every Thursday, and they, I give them a sneak peek of what I'm going to preach. So they met this past Thursday, they know what I'm talking about this morning, and I gave them the community group, like, questions, and they meet to talk, and one of the middle school leaders was like, how much longer are we going to talk about community? Um, not middle school, it's middle school leader, by the way, and, um, and it, and it was kind of funny. I thought it was, but you know, I have to think about. It. There's probably some of you that are like, "How much longer are we going to talk about community? Like, how 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 far are they taking this thing?" Because, and the reason I say that is, there might be some of you in here, and you're either going, "I'm already in a community group. I'm loving it. It's great. You don't need to convince me, Shannon." And then there's probably another group you're going, "I ain't ever joining a community group. You can talk about it for four months. It's not going to happen." And hopefully there, you know, not hopefully, but I know there's some people in, in between there, but, but I just wonder about that. And so I, I get that, and I, I, uh, I want you to know I recognize that, but I want to tell you the same thing I told you last week. You're missing out on the life of the church if the only thing you're doing is coming to worship. Because there, is, there are things happening, there are conversations being had, there are decisions being made, there, there is forgiveness being offered, there's forgiveness being given. God is working and it's not just happening in the worship service. So I hope, I pray, that you will stop and go, okay, is this something I need to do? And I tell you all that because I, I, am, I believe this. I believe that the, the message that, not because I'm the deliverer of it, but I believe that the message that I'm going to share today has the potential to radically change the trajectory of your life from September 15th forward. I believe this to be true. I believe this to be so true. But in order for that to happen, <laughs> we gotta we gotta be real about some stuff. And I think that's one of the reasons people are like, I ain't ever gonna be in a community group. Because we, we're afraid of being real. We're afraid of, of what that means and what that looks like and, and how people will respond. Um, Ephesians chapter two is our text for today, beginning in verse 19. And uh, so as you're turning there, I, I wanna just set this up. We, f we keep finding ourselves in Ephesians in this community series. Um, and I, I said this a few weeks ago. I was like, kind of imagine what Paul's doing. He's a, he's a leader in the church. He's going and helping establish churches. He's sharing the gospel message. People are coming to know Christ, and now they're wanting to be a community, and he's helping them do this. So just imagine he's, he's talking to or he's written a letter to, like, you know, Ephesus Community Church, and here he is, and he's, 
he's, he's setting this up and he's talking to the people so you have to remember prior to this there was like the Jewish faith and then uh, everything else was like a false religion they were worshipping stars and moons and trees and everything else and th but there was, there was God in the Jewish faith and then this and now Jesus comes along and says guess what this message is no longer just for the Jewish faith this is for everybody like anybody can say yes to Jesus and so Paul's trying to help people understand this either they have no background or they have the Jewish faith background and he's trying to help bring these together and he's writing to them about what it means to be in the church and what it looks like for the church to be established so Ephesians 2 verse 19 I'm going to read you from the message which is a paraphrase so it'll sound different than probably what you have but I love the way that it is written here it says this the first line of, of uh, verse 19 of Ephesians 2 says Paul's talking and I want you to hear this because I know some of you feel this way. He says, you are no longer strangers or outsiders. You belong here. You are no longer strangers or outsiders. You belong here. As we talk about community, I think it's important to point out that a lot of times the reason people don't engage in community is because they feel like they don't fit in community or the community is not open to them or that there's some reason that they don't get in there you know you think about cliques you think about people who have been doing life together for a long time sometimes you feel like it's hard to to get into that that's why I love the fact that we've started 16 brand new community groups because it's kind of like anybody come on come on it's just just be a part of a community group you're not entering a you know a program you know already going on get in there so Paul says you're no longer strangers or outsiders you belong here and I want to say this specifically to the person that maybe you're you know you're, you haven't been coming to church here maybe you're just checking it out maybe maybe just showing up to a church was like the biggest act of faith a step of faith you've taken in a long time or ever I want you to hear this for the person that feels like they don't fit in or they don't know where they 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 land I want you to hear this if you, you if you're new with us I want to say to you you belong here you belong here and and this is a place where it doesn't matter it does not matter what your background is we're not we're not checking that stuff at the door okay you don't have to submit a resume all right we're not wondering what's in your bank account we don't care who your granny was I mean we lo we're concerned about granny but it's not it doesn't matter what her name was or how much land they had like we don't it doesn't matter it doesn't matter what your past looks like okay that keeps people away from community that's what I'm talking about we got to be real it doesn't matter what your past looks like it doesn't matter the color of your skin okay it doesn't matter this was hard for me to write but I'm going to say it it doesn't matter if you drink coke or pepsi that took it that was a big step of faith for me to write that because I believe it to be true everyone's like coke or pepsi you all know it's coke so just let's move on but I love you pepsi drinkers one day you too shall see the light. I, anyway, I don't know. I don't. I digress. It doesn't. Hey, on top of that, it doesn't matter who you voted for in the last election. Really doesn't. It it uh, it doesn't matter if you're a Baptist. It doesn't matter if you're Catholic. It doesn't matter if you're a Methodist or as my friend Lisa Aguero likes to say, it doesn't matter if you're a Methodistocostal. If you've got that kind of background, you know you've kind of been all over. It does. You belong here, and Paul writes this in Ephesians chapter two. You belong here you belong and I want to make this really clear you belong here with imperfect people who are following a perfect savior 
okay? You belong here with other imperfect people who are following a, a perfect Savior. So, so Paul goes on to say, so he says, you belong here. And he goes, he says, with as much right to the name Christian as anyone. You've got to remember the, the context this was written. It, you were either a, like an like a idol worshiper or, or of the Jewish faith. And now he's saying, no, anyone can be a Christian. Anyone can follow after Jesus. And then he says, God is building a home. So now Paul's going to paint this kind of word picture for us so we get it a little bit better. He says, God is building a home. And he goes, he's using all of us. I love this part, irrespective of how we got here. Okay, doesn't matter. He is using us all in what he is building. He used the apostles and prophets for the foundation. Those are the people that first knew, first heard, and they went out and established this thing. And then he says, and now he's using you. You. Fitting you in brick by brick stone by stone with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone that holds all the parts together he is building the church with us he's building the church with you he's building the church with me doesn't matter how we got here doesn't matter what yesterday looks like if we call on the name of Jesus he wants to use us to put us together to build his church and so what I want to you to hear today the big point of all this and I want us to look a little bit closely more at it is this that we were created you were created to be in community first and foremost with God and then secondly with others you were created to be in community with God and with others you were created for this and so it should come as no surprise then, zero surprise. It should not shock a one of us when we understand that we have an enemy and his number one weapon is isolation. I don't know if you know you have an enemy. If you call on the name of the Lord Jesus, you definitely have an enemy. But I would say because of the fact that you're sitting here and you're living and you're breathing, you have an enemy. You have an enemy who does not want you to call on the name of the Lord Jesus if you haven't yet. And you have, if, you've called, if you've said yes to Jesus, you have an enemy that wants to do everything in his power to distract you and distort what that looks like and to make you doubt him and to make you doubt the community of faith, to make you doubt the church, to make you doubt community groups, to make you doubt uh, other Christians, to make you doubt, doubt the person that stands up there with the microphone on their head. This is what your enemy wants to do. And what that happens is, is we have an enemy whose, whose number one goal is to separate you from community with God and to separate you from community with other people. Isolation. Now, I think a lot of us in here, we, we get that. I think that probably many of us in here would say, we know there have been times in our life when we have felt very, very alone. And there's been times we felt very, very lonely, and they're not the same thing. I, I'm one of my favorite people, so I kind of like to be alone sometimes. I kind of like solitude. But there's also been seasons and periods in my life when I have been lonely. And without the proper perspective, with, and, and the enemy can take that and use that and distort that. And re this is what the enemy does. 
So when I talk to you about the importance of community, it's not just, hey, we want you to sign up for a community group. It's that we know that apart from community with God, apart from community with other people who are walking after God, seeking after God, as imperfect as they are, apart from those things, folks, you are so susceptible to the enemy's attacks. And I think many of you in here know that. You've, you, you understand that. You've gone through a season. You've gone through a time when you've experienced that. You might be in it right now. But you were created to be in community with God and with others. You know, isolation is really hazardous to your health. I mean, think about in the wild. I mean, think about how that works. When, when a, a predator, when an animal wants to take down another, one of its prey, often what it does, if it's, if it's going after something that runs in a pack, Justin talked about that a couple weeks ago, what he does is he waits for one to pull away from the pack. He waits for one to drop back. He waits for one to, that's weak. He waits for one to separate, and then the predator attacks. In, in human terms... Studies have been done to show that, that people who are isolated, like for long periods of time, actually they suffer the same like physiological adverse effects as high blood pressure, uh, the, 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 you know, the results of high blood pressure on someone or smoking on someone. It has the same kind of effect. It can, it can work on you physically. So isolation is hazardous to your health. And you were not created to be isolated. Solitude sometimes, yes, Jesus did it. He had to pull away. He had to have time. But you were not created for isolation. You were created for community with God. And you were created for community with other people. So, which is why this most important starting with is God. And so, so if we have an enemy who, who wants to, you know, capitalize on when we are not part of community, if we have an enemy, we need to know what, what do we do with this? How do we respond to this? What can we do to, to make sure it's not happening? Well, I want to offer you a couple of suggestions this morning. Um, the first one is this. So then how do we push back against an enemy who's trying to keep us in isolation or move us towards isolation? The very first thing we need to do and I encourage you to do this no matter what, is sit down, stop and sit down and think about the many, many ways that God has been faithful in your life. Now some of you could sit down and just start writing and writing. Others you might have to think for a little bit. But I'm promising, the fact that you're here today is, is the fact that God has been faithful to you. You're here. He, he hasn't, he, you, you, you haven't, like, you're still here, you're alive, there's still purpose for you. He has purpose for you right now on this earth. Like, you're here. God has been faithful. If that's the only thing you write down, if that's all you got right now, then write that down. I'm here. But think about, remember the faithfulness of God. Remember the times that God has walked with you when you felt as if no one was walking with you. Remember those times when, when you were wandering in the wilderness. You weren't sure which way was up. You didn't know what was right and what was wrong and what was truth and what was a lie. And you were in the wilderness, and yet God was faithful to you. Write those things down. Remember those things. Those, those times when you were in a challenging situation, and yet God, you know, he's promised he will never leave you, and he was there. You know, the times when, when you're in the valley of the shadow of death, and that's how you feel, and that's what all the circumstances seem to be por uh, pointing to, and he has been faithful to you and has led you out of that valley. Remember the faithfulness of God. He says he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He will not turn his back on you. God walks with you. So 
how do we push back against the enemy trying to isolate us and pull us away and, and make us you know, not engage in the, in the life we were intended? The first thing you need to do is stop and remember the faithfulness of God. And there's a reason for that. There's a reason I say that. Because if you look around this room, I have a really good vantage point right now. And I look out here and I see a lot of really good-looking people. But I also I see a lot of really good-looking, imperfect people. There's not a one of you myself included in here today that can meet that standard of perfection so you remember the faithfulness of God first because you know what people are going to let you down people are going to uh, they're going to say something that you misinterpreted or they're going to say something and they meant it exactly the way they said it and it's going to hurt and you're not going to understand people are going to you're not going to agree with people you're not going to see eye to eye um, you, all things are going to happen imperfect people there's going to be stuff that goes on remember the faithfulness of God first remember the faithfulness of God first because in doing so, I think it opens our eyes up to be reminded of the great grace in which God has given to us and that we should in turn then offer to those people that, that maybe we've perceived have, have wronged us. Or we've said, oh, you haven't been faithful to me. So we start with the faithfulness of God. Isolation is used by our enemy to separate us, to cause us to, to disengage. To Have you ever done this? You're hypersensitive to what people say and do or how they move their eyeballs. Like you're saying, like, why'd you do that? Why'd your eyes do that? Like, like we, yeah, people are like, oh, I, I didn't know. Oops. Listen, sometimes we can be so uh, hypersensitive to people wronging us that, that we can lose sight of the faithfulness of God in our lives. Folks, that is, a, that is a tool. That is a powerful way in which the enemy wants to separate you. Remember the faithfulness of God. One of the, I remember as I, when I became a new believer, I, I learned like five or six you know, core verses. And one of them was about this, about the faithfulness of God. And it's in 1 John 1, 9. He says um, that, that if we confess our sins, that God is faithful and just. He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God is faithful. He's faithful like that. So we remember the faithfulness of God. And, and here's why I'm really like pushing on this a little bit. Because you see, there's a lot of us in here who, when we try to remember the faithfulness of God, what, what's happened is, is we've actually become really good at remembering our guilt and our shame. Like when it comes to remembering, the faithfulness of God isn't usually the first thing there. It's usually like the regret, shame, disappointment, hurt, done to us or done by us and we kind of carry that around remember God has been faithful to you you call on the name of Jesus and he will forgive you he will be faithful to you so the first way that we push back against isolation is we remember the faithfulness of God in our lives secondly we do this we connect to God's people reconnect connect for the first time but you connect to God's people because Yes, God is perfect, and yes, we need, to be, we need to know his faithfulness, but he calls us, according to Ephesians 2 and a whole lot of other verses, he's calling us and he's building the church. He wants us to be the messenger of the gospel of faith and hope to, to the world around us. Yes, even you, and yes, even me. So we need to connect to other people to make this happen. Brick by brick, stone by stone, he brings us together. Now, I want to offer you really quick two really practical ways 
to connect to God's people because it's one thing for me to say, hey, connect to God's people, but I want to offer you two that are like the Porch Community Church specific. And the first one is this. Here's a good way, an easy way to connect to God's people because you might go, I don't really know anyone. I show up and I get, you know, get on a serve team. You want to connect to God's people, get on a serve team because what happens is, is you get to know the other people on that team. You serve together. Hospitality team, parking team, the greeters, the ushers, working in porch kids. I mean, there's so many ways, like, connect. You're working on the, in the tech booth, and, and I like, there's so many. Connect to God's people. You get to know them. You have conversation with them. Um, and and I, there's just a, just a really good way. So get on a serve team. Here's another way to connect with God's people. Um, surprise, get in a community group. <laughs> Did you know that was coming? That was probably, yeah, coming. You need to be in a community. I, I know some of you are thinking, no, I don't. But I'm just saying, you need to meet consistently with people. You need people that are going to hold you accountable. Get in a community group. Start to do life with other people. I think about my uh, Bahamian friends that you met last week. And they're here again. we got a larger contingent today. Hey, Bahamian friends, raise your hand. All you guys, welcome. We're glad you're here. We're glad you're safe. We became, we were a community you know, for a long time when y'all were living here. And you know how we got to really become a community? Some, they knew each other for a long time, but when they came here and got here, you know what we did is we sat around together, whether at my house and for a while at Shelly's house, and we took turns. Like, once a week, we'd have a lesson, and then each of us would share our story. That's when we really got to know each other. We really got to develop community with each other. Which leads me to my third point. So how do we push back against the enemy? One, we remember the faithfulness of God. He has been faithful to you. Secondly, we connect with others. We, we connect with other people. And then thirdly, and this is the big one, we let God, you let God use your story. Let God use your story. You have a story. You have a story. Like when you remember God's faithfulness, well, what comes with that are some stories. Some stories that for some people are like, I can't believe that. Like, whoa, I, that happened. Let God use your story. Somebody needs to hear your story. There is somebody that needs to hear how God has worked in your life. There is somebody who needs to hear how, how you were going in one direction and God got a hold of you and now you're going in another. There's somebody, and I believe in a church of this size, there's somebody's here that need to hear your story in community group on a serve team together but see if we're being weighed down by guilt if we're being weighed down by shame if we're allowing the enemy to put us in isolation and we want to stay there then you know what the, what the enemy's doing is saying no no don't share that story don't don't you keep that yourself you should be you should feel really bad about that so you just keep that and you just keep feeling really bad that's what our enemy does that's not the life we were called to that is not what we were called to your story could be the very story that God wants to use to bring someone into his community. Think about that. Your story. So very quickly, I want to share a snippet of mine. In mid-August, so a month ago, I should have been celebrating my first child's 26th birthday. But as a 23-year-old single woman, I, I made a decision that forever altered my life and the life of my unborn child because I ended her life through abortion. 
And I say that, I tell you this, because I know what shame feels like. I know it. Whoever walked in here with shame today, I just want you to hear it from me. I understand. I know what shame feels like. I know what regret feels like. I know. I know it. I know what isolation feels like. I wasn't a believer at the time. I became a believer about a year later. And I have to, I have to say it. I let God have everything except for that. When I said yes to Jesus, the day I said yes to Jesus, I said, thank you for taking it all, but I kept hold of that. I kept a hold of that. Because of shame and guilt and the feeling as if I could never, ever be forgiven. The reason I tell you the story is because I want you to hear this because I know someone needs to hear these words I'm about to say. I know what forgiveness feels like. I know what it means to be forgiven. And I know some of you need to hear that because you don't think you can be. I know what forgiveness feels like. It took me about a year and a half into being a follower of Jesus to, to finally one day and reading scripture and just, you know, understanding that my child was in the presence of God and that my child could not possibly be in the presence of God and have unforgiveness in her heart towards me. And that's when I said, thank you. Thank you for forgiving me. I will not, and I don't want you to do this either, I will not allow the enemy to have my regrets. I will not allow the enemy to have my sin. I will not allow the enemy to have my shame because Jesus has paid for that. Why in the world would I let my enemy, the enemy of my soul, the enemy who wants nothing good for me, why would I let my enemy have what Jesus has paid for? I have been forgiven. I will not let him have that. I will let God redeem even the most gut-wrenching moments of my life. You know why? Because he's faithful. I'm not, but he is. So what I will do, because I want to be connected to God, and I want to be connected to God's people, I want to see other people come to know him, so I will, I will proclaim God's great, extravagant, seemingly impossible love. I will testify to his goodness. I will testify to his forgiveness. I will testify to his great grace. I will testify to his mercy. Because he is faithful. I will not let the enemy have what Jesus has already paid for. 
So I, I know that some of you need to hear this today. God is not done with you. God's not done with you. You haven't gone too far. You haven't, you haven't pushed the... God is not done with you. He's got an incredible plan and purpose for your life. And what he does is he takes pain and he takes our shame and what he does is he redeems it. Yes, God even uses the deepest, darkest, most horrible moments of our lives and he uses them for his glory because he's faithful. And so I just, I ask you, I beg you, I urge you, push back against isolation. Step out of that. Walk away from that. Do not entertain that anymore. Step out of the past that haunts you. Step out of that. Step out of that pain and that heartache. Push back against the enemy's attempt to keep you alone, to keep you weak, to keep you without support, because that is exactly where he wants you. But folks, God is faithful. We are created for community. We're created for community with God. We were created for community with one another, as imperfect as each and every one of us are. And he is building his church this way. So let go of the shame. Let go of what you've been carrying. For the first time, if, you, if it, today's the day, say yes to Jesus. Let him give you the forgiveness he's already paid for. Be overwhelmed with the forgiveness of God. Or maybe return to it. Reattach to God. Reattach to the body of Christ. Remember his faithfulness. Connect with his people. And folks, you have a story. Allow God to use that. Allow him to use that. You've heard us say this each and every week, and we'll say it, we say it because it's true. Is that transformation best happens in the context of community. And it's time, folks, for us to be transformed. Would you pray with me? God, we come before you now connected to you only because of Jesus. We do not come to you because of how good we are, of how, how perfect we are, how great we think we are, or the things that we've done, or maybe the things that we've chosen not to do. Um, we come to you because of Jesus and Jesus alone. It's only because of Jesus. He has given up himself. He has given his body. He poured out his blood for the forgiveness of our sin. And so, Father, we, God, if there are any in this room who have never said yes to Christ, that today would be the day that they would say, I don't fully get it, I don't comprehend it, but I know that apart from God, that my life is, is without purpose, it is without hope, and, I under, and it is isolation. God, because of Jesus and the forgiveness of my sin, I say yes to you. I say yes. And if that's you today, make sure that you tell somebody about it. If that's you today, make sure you write that on that connection card so that we can walk with you on this journey of faith. You were never, ever intended to do this on your own. God, I pray that for a lot of us in here who have called on your name and 
and we've walked with you and we've run after you and yes at times we've walked away from you and times we've questioned you and maybe we've been hurt by your church and your people but God we're, forgive us for seek, seeking perfection from people we need to seek the perfection found in you and the faithfulness found in you God, we need to quit making it about us. We need to say yes to you. And then we need to say, what do you need me to do, God? Who do, who do you need me to go to? What stories do you want me to tell? What can I do, God, for you and your kingdom? God, thank you for working in us. Thank you for speaking to us. Thank you for the power of your word, the power of your Holy Spirit. God, thank you for forgiveness and allowing us to to let go of pain, let go of shame, let go of regret, and to follow after you. We pray all this in the name of Jesus. Amen.